To ensure Racefuel's customers can have next day delivery, our stock of racing fuels is warehoused all across Australia and New Zealand. Racefuel stock is available via distribution points in Sydney, Brisbane, Perth and Auckland. And of course our head office is based in Dandenong, Melbourne. Racefuel's distribute and deliver the drums to your workshop, tune house or racetrack. So even if you're in lockdown, we can get your fuel to you. Find out more at racefuels.com.au Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as all Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. This is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels and my name is Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony D'Alberto as I'm always joined by Tony D'Alberto. 67 episodes in a row. Tony D, how the hell are you? Mate, I am fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. But uh, my question is, how are you? How are you? You've you've been up in Townsville again. (laughs) Yes, again. It was uh, honestly deja vu when rolling out of the airport, picking up hire cars, going to driving through the streets and unpacking bags. It was um, it was like I'd done it last week. Well, you avoided the absolute shit show that we've got here in Melbourne. Yeah. Back into lockdown. Yeah. You you conveniently skipped it and, and got on the next plane and, and got out of there. Uh, but I wasn't so lucky, mate. Yeah. I wasn't so lucky. And uh, I hear that the uh, weather down south isn't uh, particularly too favourable either. No, no. And the week week ahead uh, isn't looking so good. So you're coming back to some beautiful weather. Never coming back. I think I'm just going to stay <laughs> yeah. Well, now that Queensland Raceway has been awarded the next round of the championship, I figure I can just stay up in this beautiful northern state just for a little bit longer. What do you reckon? Five weeks? Do you think it's a, it's a month away. Anyway, the family won't care too much. No one cares. <laughs> Well, no one will care. No one will care. But, uh, yep, we, uh, we are locked down in Melbourne, and it uh, unfortunately coincided with the one weekend that Steph and I had booked to go away for our 10th wedding anniversary, mate. Amazing. 10, 10 goddamn years. Congratulations. I remember that, that day is, like it was yesterday. That is insane. Yeah, you were, you were actually at the wedding. You were filming the wedding for me. I did. I did. Making me work on your wedding day. You love the day it. that I could have been celebrating the love for your wife, <laughs> drinking all of the beers that you supplied. But instead, you made me work. Oh, it was a very, very good evening. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to go away. So I'm spewing. What was meant to be a romantic weekend away in, in Brisbane. Uh, we had a very nice hotel booked, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thanks, to, thanks to Stephanie. Turned out to just uh, hanging out at home. So uh, anyway, it did give me a chance though to watch plenty of car racing secretly. There was heaps was... of car racing on, and we're going to talk about all of that in this uh, episode of the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Racefields, uh, and we've got a super special guest. We to, really do. So come on. Uh, we really his, do. His name is Toby Price. He is an absolute living legend. The guy is a god. We're not worthy. Uh, of course, he's uh, made his name... Famous in the uh, Dakar Rally worlds, uh, and uh, he's a, a very busy guy. He does uh, stadium jumpy trucks uh, at some of the events that you might have seen. He did it up here at Townsville uh, a couple of weeks ago when the stadium trucks were here. But look, he's definitely not famous for uh, for stadium trucks. He's famous for jumping on two wheel motorcycles and racing through deserts and dominating. 
He's a um, he's a legend and uh, such a cool, down to earth guy. So we're looking forward to talking to him a little later on. Uh, now to coincide with that, we've got a little competition to give to award uh, our fantastic followers. Yes. Um, so what we're going to do this episode? This this episode. It's been a little up, while, actually. What's it's been that? A little while between uh, giving things away. No, that's right. Well, we used to do it a lot because we are the we are the podcast for the people. <laughs> so what we're going to do if if you share this week's uh, post, uh, Facebook post, uh, write a little cute message so all your friends know what's going on. We're going to pick one um, one person who shares it, and they're going to win a Red Bull Honda T-shirt, Tony, that you have somehow. Uh, scored from somewhere. Did you steal it from Max Verstappen or something? Almost. I, uh, I, I scored it from my friends at Honda. I did a, a little thing for them the other day and they wanted me to wear this Red Bull at Formula One. Pol- it's a polo shirt, by the way, not just a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it's probably not the best thing for me to be wearing um, while they're actually videoing me. Um, wearing something and yeah, I thought I was probably not going to go down so well. So anyway, I just stuck to my normal Honda Type R gear, which means it's brand new, never been never been worn, and it's a really, really good-looking polo. So uh, a very good, fantastic price to get your hands on, and uh, Honda were more than happy to donate it. Awesome. Uh, so hang on, is it in your size? So is this only for <laughs> XSs only? There's actually, there's two, there's a small and there's an extra small. So whichever one fits, uh, I'll keep the other one. Perfect. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. So all you got to do is share this week's post. It'll, I haven't created it yet, but it'll no doubt have some sort of uh, Toby Price theme, um, maybe some Townsville stuff as well. You'll see it on Facebook. All you need to do is share it and we'll pick someone who offers the nicest comments about Oh, these two good looking isn't that nice <clears throat> hey uh you sent me a little cheeky photo over the weekend mm-hmm. of a parked up sticker <laughs> at townsville did you yeah. put that up i did i put it up i put it oh. up on, the, on our instagram page so uh last week when i was walking over to the track you know there's that bridge across mm. the main straight uh yep. at townsville i placed a couple of parked up stickers uh, <laughs> along the bridge so everyone would know and i thought oh look these will get um torn off between the two events but they didn't and the uh the few stickers that i put up on that bridge were still there this weekend so <laughs> um, no doubt thousands and thousands of people have seen those and uh our numbers are just skyrocketing in northern queensland ah <laughs> uh, very very good so, um, hey, we've got, uh, we've got racing to talk about. We've got, I've got a couple of extra interviews that I've picked up while I was here in Townsville. Uh, so big episode. Let's jump into the news, Tony D, and talk about some supercars at Reed Park. So this is the news, and it's brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. Those guys do cool stuff. Now... Tony D, we had um, a couple of pretty good races uh, at Townsville over the weekend, certainly better than the, the 500k races. Um, mm. The Red Bull guys were still in dominant form, but Cam Waters turned it around. What was your take uh, from the couch of the weekend? Wow, I, I thought it was super impressive what uh, Tickford were able to do after a 
a really poor uh, first Townsville event last week. Um, they got lapped. Cam Waters got lapped by the Red Bull cars. And, and yes, the race was a lot longer last week, but um, the speed they showed in qualifying, he was able to put the car on pole and then actually look after its tyres in the race um, was incredible. It was like there was something wrong with the car last week and then they've, they've fixed it for this week. But Triple Eight just didn't quite seem as dominant as what they were last week. And I think really um, everybody had a good chance to think about it and uh, make a few changes during the week. And some came out winners, some weren't quite as strong. So definitely for me, Tickford were the big winners of the weekend. And the way Cameron Waters drove in that last race with a huge amount of pressure on him from Shane Van Gisbergen was exceptional. Um, and we did see, we did see Grant, a spicy little battle in the first race on Sunday uh, with SVG and Wing Cup actually coming together. Mm. Just a little bit, just a little bit of a nudge. Yep. They threatened it last round with a little bit of bumpy bumps at the last corner, but this one was even more aggressive. Shane was right into the back of Jamie, just pushed him wide, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was good, and it was uh, it was clean and it was fair. You know, they raced pretty damn hard. Mm. So uh, it was interesting the comments though uh, from Roland about the incident, and uh, probably not what you'd actually think. He he was almost giving uh, SVG a bit of a backhander and saying, "Mate, you get done for blocking here." be careful you know mm. even though we're teammates or you know the team mates are going at it we can't save you from getting um in trouble by the stewards if if that's what they deem you're doing so although they wouldn't have thrown uh i'm sure jamie's engineer wasn't um you know uh complaining on the radio uh to the stewards but uh he could have quite easily shane uh, been in trouble for blocking so early um there was still like nine laps to go or something Sorry, yeah, I think I said that uh, that uh, Jamie was the one. Sorry, Shane was the one who hitting. Of course, it was Jamie into the back of SVG. So, um, yeah, look, but look, that the race had kind of petered out a little bit, certainly for the lead. And those two Red Bull cars were absolutely miles in front of everyone. So, it was actually good to sort of see those teammates racing, racing hard, racing fair. And um, the, yeah, the entertainment factor for Townsville number two was certainly better. And a great finish to uh, the last race as well with uh, mm. with Cam Waters holding out uh, SVG there. So uh, you could see once, uh, you know, SVG got close to Cam, um, ended up cooking his tyres and, and Cam was able to get away. But a couple of notable performances, Grant, uh, from the couch. From the couch, you probably didn't take too much notice of it. No. Um, Todd Hazelwood, uh, P5 and P4 on Sunday. Yep. That That's a really strong result for him, especially at the moment when he's probably trying to prove his worth within the team. Um, he had a much better day than what uh, Nick Perkett did. And as we know, Nick's the leader in that team. And um, any day you can finish in front of him, you, you've done a really solid job. So very good from him. And the other one was Tim Slade. He had a really good run on Saturday, finishing in P4. Um, they took a bit of a gamble on the strategy, uh, actually came in and pitted early, but made the tyres last. So that was really impressive to see them you know, take a bit of a punt, go for it, and uh, to get their best finish of the year so far in position four. He's so, so close to a podium. I mean, we saw it at Bathurst uh, at the start of the year where he almost got a podium before the shunt. Um, and it's probably taken them a little bit to sort of gather themselves, but they are going really, really well. So 
that's a huge credit to those guys because half the time they're going better than the other Tickford cars. Mm. Yeah, I'll tell you someone else who was pretty speedy over the weekend was Zane Goddard. Yes. Matt Stone Racing. He did a uh, he did a outstanding job on Saturday and I was just fortuitously in the MSR garage during uh, one of the qualifying sessions where where Zane was on his fast lap and right at the end of the session he sort of tripped over a few of the BJR cars who were yeah, yeah. Down at the saw last that I Jack Smith I was I was just watching um I was looking at my phone uh, doing some work obviously Tony don't yes don't always working eyebrows. Um, yeah. and uh all of a sudden the Matt Stone guys absolutely erupted like the <laughs> The pit garage, I like, blew up, and I thought, "Holy shit, shit! Someone has just died or something." <laughs> it scared the hell out of me. But it just turned out that Jack Smith was uh, was dawdling at about thirty kilometers. Oh, down at the last that was time. average. That was average. I, I actually watched that lap, and I, I thought to myself at the time um, how well that Zane Goddard was hustling his car around the streets. Like he he looked like a seasoned pro. He really did. He had really good flow. And I'm comparing it to when you watch like DVS and I know DVS are on the harder tire and there's not as much grip available to them, but I just thought Zane, 21 years old, he's driving very, very well. And to have, you know, appearances in the shootout, that's really, really good. You know, he's not, he's not driving for triple eight. He's, he's driving for a team that don't feature in the shootout very often. And that that's a very good day, day for those guys. So um, yep, he made a little blunder on the Saturday and missed the brake pedal, uh, the last corner. But man, these things happen uh, when you, well, they really do. I mean, yeah. he shouldn't be ashamed of that. He shouldn't be, you know, think uh, that he's he's stuffed up or embarrassed or anything like that. Um, to me, he's driving very, very well and showing everybody what he's capable of. Yeah. No, he did, he did a really good job and great to see. Uh, the little, I guess not a, they're not a privateer team, but certainly smaller team in comparison mm. to, to the teams that they're punching around. Um, you know, it's great to see those guys get a, uh, get a good result. Uh, there was also some uh, Dunlop Super 2 action, Tony D. You're a former champion in that class. You always take a uh, pretty keen interest. And you were sending me some messages on Saturday night, absolutely blowing up about how, <laughs> how <laughs> Jaden O'Jada from the uh, MW Motorsport team had uh, been awarded the win and then got the win stripped back off him. That would have been his first win. He was a Super 2 race winner for about four hours. I just didn't get it. And I still don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I I saw Brock Feeney overtake Ojeda and get back in the lead, right? And then I I must admit I did switch it off because um, <laughs> there's so much car racing over the weekend. I You know, I had to... Had to prioritize these things, Grant. Because mm-hmm. um, once Brock got in the lead, I thought, oh, well, he's going to disappear now. Um, so you missed the, the big crash, which I was missed, like straight after that. I missed it. Yeah, absolutely. So so I'm, I'm spewing about that. You can tell us about that in a second. But yeah, so then I had a look on Twitter and it said, oh, Jada had won the race. I was like, oh, okay, what happened there? And then later on, it's gone, no, 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 Brock Feeney has. And it's like, and then you read the story and then it's not even clear why. Yeah. So the red flag and the uh, going back a couple of laps meant that Brock was in front when the race was declared. So he is no. deemed the winner. I am. But, it, but in the, in the story, it said it went back like four laps or something. 
No, I can't win four laps. We would have just gone back to the last full lap completed and Brock was in the lead uh, at that time. Anyway, it was it was Confusing. a mess. Yeah, yeah a, a, mess. a mess. Absolute and then, mess. And that's what does happen because the red flag didn't get I, – I think what's happened is that there's the, been the shunt and it took some time to realise that Jack Perkins' car was on fire. So yeah. I reckon Brock Feeney has actually crossed the finish line before the red flag has come out, which means they only take it back to the last full lap completed, which would have been the lap that he had just secured the lead. Yeah. So, Man, it must have been close. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about Jack Perkins and that fire. Mate, that was absolutely bloody ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. ridiculous how long it took to, to get a fire extinguisher to him. You, you know those little those uh, openings in the wall? Yeah. That's for rescue. So if you, you're in the car, right, and you've got a drama and you see one of those openings in the wall, you try and get to one of those openings because there is meant to be people there that can help you fire and rescue, whatever, right? That's what he's done. Like, I mean, he, he really couldn't stop any later or sooner or whatever because the car was you know, shunted. But they were right there. There's a marshal right there with no bloody fire extinguisher. Yeah. yeah that's Seriously. Poor, that's poor planning. There should be, for all of those little manholes or entry points, there has to be a... Uh, a fire extinguisher, um, a, a little first aid kit with some band aids in it, or something, you know, something that can help. Something that can help people. That's uh, that. That's the idea of having it. So yeah, you're you're right. I actually spoke. Man, to, did you no see, good. Jack put up a um, a very balanced uh, post on Instagram. Now he didn't. Uh, yeah. He didn't slam. Uh, he didn't slam any of the marshals, or didn't slam the event, or whatever. Um, but he just stated, you know, that it, it was a stated sort of what had happened, um, and he got he got a couple of pretty uh, pretty angry messages about you know criticizing officials and whatever, and he didn't do that, but um, he uh, yeah he copped a, a bit of grunt from some disgruntled fans who uh, who didn't like the way or the way that they thought that what he was said was being perceived or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I thought Jack was pretty cool and calm about it. The Eggleston guys, the Eggleston motorsport crew, had to work all night. Some of them did not go to sleep. They they worked all the way through. They didn't leave the track to get his car back out there for Sunday's race, uh, where he actually finished fifth. So that was a good little reward for the team. It it was a re- very good reward because uh, Matt McLean's car as well was also heavily damaged um, in that. Who is. has the best rock star hairdo? Oh man, in the game. He should just be a rock star, not a race driver. <laughs> he's got a lot of character. I like it, and bloody hell, he can drive right too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, he's uh, been a very, very, very accomplished go karter over the years. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that car was on fire for a long time before anybody got there. Yeah, it's, it's just it is literally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like sure I don't care. I, I honestly don't care if fans are going to grill me over it because I can tell you right now, if you're in that race car and you couldn't get out of the car and the thing was on fire, oh, sorry for criticizing that they had no fire extinguishers there. Like they got away with this one, but seriously, it's just it's not good enough at this in 2021. You know, shouldn't yeah. be like that. No, definitely. Anyway, Definitely. that's that's my rant. That's my rant because the thing like is, I can see. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like the amount of money torn up 
It's just crazy. I liked how Jack was just standing there at the front of the car. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd said this to him uh, when I saw him at the track. I said, man, you were standing there holding the bonnet and there was a lot of flames there. I know you were wearing your race suit, but surely yeah. it was hot. And mm. he said, no, nah, you, you can't be scared by these things. Like I was, yeah. So yeah, Jack was being very Jack about it. And he was, uh, <laughs> you know, like as we're saying, just uh, very, very disappointed that he was mm. effectively watching this race car burn down in front of him. When there was a marshal standing right next to him who wasn't equipped with the with the stuff that you need to fix race cars that are on fire. I, I tell you who the hero was though, young Matty McLean. That's right. Came, came in, came in, and uh, pulled out a fire extinguisher. He was the first one there to put some uh, dousing it, on that thing. It looked like he was playing his guitar when he was doing it though. <laughs> yeah, he is definitely he is definitely a ringer for Slash the uh, yeah. the guitarist. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, at the front of the field, we had uh, Brock Feeney and Zach Best take the mm. two wins. Um, so I guess Brock uh, extends his lead in the series and certainly looks like he's going to go on and, and take, uh, take the title. You can't really, unless uh, major misfortune comes about. It was great to see Zach Best take his first, yeah. uh, first ever win. Yeah, uh, that was so actually a very good drive. I actually did watch that one, Grant. Thank you. Uh, you watched um, the boring one. You didn't watch the. Uh, well, I, I didn't think it was that boring because um, young Zach had some bloody big pressure on him there for a while, and drove really well. Kept it on the black stuff and tidy, and ended up getting away from Brock just that little bit. So, again, if you can beat a triple eight car around Townsville, you're going pretty good. So. Those Tickford cars, they definitely had some speed over the weekend. They found something during the week. Not too bad. Not too bad. Oh, well, uh, so we're kind of halfway through the championship. And look, if we're going to talk some news, then I guess the biggest news that we saw come out over the weekend was that we're going to Queensland Raceway for the next round of the championship. A fair bit of work that needs to be done to bring that circuit up to the FIA specifications that it's going to need. But um Definitely only one event at Queensland Raceway, so none of the back-to-back uh, -back stuff. The, the one interesting little snippet of news that I'd heard over the weekend, though, Tony, was mm. that the Victorian team, everyone's, everyone's going home. Queensland teams stay Brisbane and Gold Coast. Victorian teams go back to their base. But apparently all the Victorian teams have been asked to be on standby to disappear two weeks prior if that's required. So, yeah, they might get to go home for a week and a half effectively, but they might need to be uh, doing some border crossings again. Do you reckon well, I should? Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to come as well. That's why I should just um, stay up here. Well, that's what I was going to say. Why aren't they just doing QR next weekend? Well, Everyone's up here. Look, they floated that idea, but they want to get the Victorian teams home to their families. Last year was too much of a tear-up. They don't want to see that again. But while you're up that end... And everybody's safe because at the moment, like we're not down here, it's gone going crazy a little bit. I would have just thought they'd, they'd try and press on and do one more round, get another one knocked over. And um, like there's quite a big gap now, you know, there's a month or so gap before. Um, and I don't think that's going to be enough time to get everybody out of the the COVID danger. Mm, anyway, danger, danger, mate, that, that's, why, that, that's why they don't give me the right to uh, make these decisions, Grant. <laughs> You would not want to be that person. <laughs> that is got to be Sean Seymour's job, seriously. And he does cop a, a bit of heat 
from uh, from the fans. He cops a bit of heat within the industry, but really, it's a fool's job. It's an absolute yeah. fool's job. So uh, fool's you're job. never going to make everybody happy. Look, he couldn't even make everyone happy during a normal pre-COVID mm. season with calendars and and all of that. It, it's just impossible. So yeah, um, yeah. Imagine trying to steer the ship at this point. So look, I, I think they're uh, they're they're all doing a great job. Speaking of cancelled races, of course, uh, people in the game would have seen that the Morgan Park ARG Shannon's event has been cancelled as well. So no, no TCR racing for you, Tony D, in your Honda Civic around the uh, Morgan Park circuit, which is a real shame. So, a so it hasn't shame. been postponed. It's been actually cancelled out of yeah, the championship. That, that, yeah, that's right. Oh, what? Yeah, definitely not going to Morgan Park in 2021. Mate, that's a big disappointment. I mean, I saw one of your posts the other day on it on the TCR Instagram page saying that we're having a, a mid season break. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's a it's a break. It's like a forced, like parked up, um, break. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you know, the amount of times uh, you parked up get used in coffee yes. and in life? It's unbelievable. Scafe used it uh, over the weekend. He said parked up, and I was I was going to text you and say, can you? Like somehow record this and and put it on our show because it was it was it was amazing and Garth said it too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they love it. They love it. It's the it's the best name, Tony. It is the best name. <laughs> so so what does that mean, uh, Grant? So Morgan Park's gone. Are they going to try and replace it with something else? Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for news on that. Oh, all right. You can tell me off air. <laughs> you probably won't that. though. I wouldn't do that to our fans. What, you know how what many Tony t- and I talk about is uh, is for everyone to hear. It, it really is because the amount of times we've spoken over the weekend and you did not mention this. I've had some other things going on. <laughs> okay, that's enough for the Supercars news. But uh, I did grab uh, Mark Tierney from Race Fuels, the ever-famous... Ah, a good friend. Very good friend, Mark Tierney. Uh, so they had to, our, our friends at Race Fuels had to move heaven and earth to ensure that the supercars and all the support categories competed in Townsville over these past two weeks, dodging all manner of border closures and uh, fuel supply and uh, all of these different things. Uh, and it was a bit of a race against time for it to actually happen. So I thought I'd grab him and ask him how it actually went. Uh, and, uh, and what, uh, what the future might hold. I'm here with Mark Tierney at the Townsville Street Circuit. We're just about to pack up and get going for the weekend. You've been here for two weeks, but it was a real struggle, real hard task to actually get up here with all of the border closures. It's something that you guys have been used to, you and other regular suppliers of the Supercars Championship. Talk about your uh, dealings and your situation in uh, keeping the supercars fueled up. Thanks Grant. Look we were packed. We were ready for one round. Townsville and it was the Friday before we left on the Saturday that we rejigged this uh, this unit to have enough fuel for the two rounds. So we didn't expect that but um, we do like a challenge so we knew that what we needed 
There's plenty of the E85 up here because it's going to be hard to source. We can get some BP Ultimate 98 up here. We knew the support categories were coming. We knew there was more support categories coming, but we just packed as much E85 up here as we could. And look, our driver Brian drove into a red zone when he left, and when he arrived, it was an orange zone in terms of COVID restrictions. And then by the time we got on site, it was green. So we, we were, how do they say it, walking into a red zone. And then uh, we got here, and while we were getting set up for round one, they announced that the support categories for round two were going to be Super 2 and, of course, Tin Top. So we really enjoyed getting them organised. Uh, we sent a little bit of fuel up from Brisbane so we had enough stock. But it was really that decision two weeks ago to repack the truck so we had enough for both two rounds of supercars to get it done. And thank you, Mark. Always a great supporter of the Parked Up podcast. What else is happening in the, the world of news, my Tony D? Well, I do. I, I don't want to touch too much on Formula One, but I do just want to talk about it a little bit Go for because it. at Silverstone they had the new qualifying race. Oh yeah, yep. I did. I missed it. So tell me what happened. How would it go? Well, was well, it massive shunts or was it reverse grid or something? Not really. Was it something exciting? No, 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 no. So they had their qualifying. They had one practice session, then they went straight into quali. Uh, Lewis Hamilton took that first ever uh, sprint qualifying position or whatever they're calling it. Yep. Um, Max Verstappen was second. But in the sprint race, the roles were reversed. So Max got the jump on Lewis and beat him in the race. So he was officially, he's officially on pole for the, for the Grand Prix. Now I haven't seen the Grand Prix yet, so I do not want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it either. Yeah. Um, but I do need to choose. Did you put the VHS in and, and tape it? Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, I will have seen it, but uh, I don't want to look on my socials right now. But with the sprint race, no, no, with the sprint race, though, it was actually quite inter interesting because um, some of the guys that generally make really good starts, but they don't have a car to keep them up up a few positions over a distance, you know. So one guy in particular, Fernando Alonso, made six positions on the opening lap. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think he held about three or four of them for the remainder of the race. But because the race is so short, he can block and he can do whatever to try and maintain that position. So I think over the year that you will see a bit of a spice up in the grid and not necessarily always just who's got the fastest car. Yeah, great. Well, that's that's good. I like the idea of a, a mixed up little format for Formula One. I don't like the idea of just moving away from the traditional Grand Prix. I think I'm just maybe a little bit too old and crusty to... To change that needs to be, you know, one <laughs> one hero race, but um, for sure, for, for sure, sure, mixing it up and uh, trying to bring some even more entertainment for for TV fans, particularly for us. You know, we watch most of our Grand Prix on on the TV, but even for the fans at the circuit as well. So it was actually really exciting. I, I thought it added a lot to the to the weekend. So um, and the, and the new Formula One car uh, was actually revealed at Silverstone, and. Uh, Young, uh, oh, he's not really that young, actually, but uh, Danny Rick got in strife yeah, for, for calling it shit. <laughs> and then he was trying to back out of it and say, no, 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 oh, the car's fantastic. Yeah. But the livery looked a bit shit, which I think everybody agrees with. It looked a bit terrible. But oh, okay. anyway, mm, there cool. you go. Oh, well, the future is here. The future yep. is here. Yep. All right, well, that's enough for the news. Uh, let's uh, let's get into our feature chat for the day. Of course, Toby Price is an absolute legend. What a gun. Uh, 
and a completely down to earth guy as well. So we've uh, we've was talked it, about chatting to him a couple of times. Was it true that he actually called you and said, "Mate, I want to come on parked up." That's completely and utterly not true. Okay. There's not one element <laughs> of that which is true. But it would have been quite cool if it uh, if it was. Hey, so let's let's get him on the phone. He's a legend. Uh, we've wanted to talk to him for a while, and we've got him now. It's Toby Price on the Parked Up Podcast, and we're powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome Toby Price onto the Parked Up Podcast. Toby, thanks for joining us. Hey, no worries. Thank you for having us. Great to have an absolute legend on the uh, podcast. Tony likes to think he's a little bit of a legend, but uh, th- you are an absolute <laughs> true legend. Mate, we saw you racing stadium trucks uh, at Townsville over uh, the, the past weekend. Um, it's, it's like great to see you competing uh, locally. Uh, of course, that's not the uh, the thing that you're you're most famous for. But um, just just firstly, on those stadium trucks, they uh, they look like a lot of fun. Yeah, hundred um, yeah, percent. It was cool to get a call um, earlier in the week and uh, leading up to the event at Townsville. And um, yeah, to, I, I've re- raced the trucks a few times before, but um, I'd been out of them for probably a bit over twelve months. So. The start of the year has just been a bit of a, a slow one for us with the uh, injury and in the shoulder from Dakar, but they're basically like, yeah, entertainment plus for, for us driving them, plus also the people watching. So you never know what to expect out of them, but they're, uh, they're pretty cool little bits of gear, that's for sure. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, they do look uh, pretty cool. And uh, like the... Man, that uh, the the Dakar stuff that you do, and you know uh, all of the great success you've had. It's also come, uh, you know, with a with a fair few injuries as well. Um, without fast tracking um, this conversation too much, but do you think the four wheel stuff is going to be eventually sort of what you uh, get into post um, post your your the, the two wheel stuff that you still want to achieve? Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's the goal in the future where I um would like to see it go. Um, they always say with age comes a cage and um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a thing for us. So it's, um, yeah, we're just trying to start a little early on it, um, get some background in it and understand how, how the cars operate and how to uh, steer them. So yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll race anything. It's um, on two wheels or four wheels and um, every little bit of it helps somewhere to gain some knowledge to, for later on in life. So um yeah, I don't see the finish line anytime soon on two wheels, but um, then again, like if a, a really good offer comes along for some four-wheel racing, then uh, yeah, we might have to start uh, looking at it, considering it. But um, yeah, still got a few blank pages left for two wheels yet. Yeah, Toby, we started this podcast um, in in amongst COVID, and when everyone was parked up, hence the name "Parked Up." Um, we know that you're 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 a very uh, avid listener of the podcast. I hope we I hope you are. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, now we often ask our guests, you know, how has COVID affected uh, your you know, livelihood, your career? I know from my point of view, it's put a bit of a handbrake on some of the local racing. But how difficult has it been to try and still get across uh, and and do some of your four racing or your two wheel or whatever else you've got on the calendar? Yeah, look, uh, honestly, it's definitely quietened down the racing a lot for us. Um, yeah, it, it's for me, basically, all my racing is international. So um, when they basically locked all the borders and 
pretty much uh, brought us all back into Australia and, uh, yeah, shut all the planes down. Um, yeah, it's made it quite difficult to, to do the events. And, like, literally probably three, four weeks ago, they uh, they just had the Silkway Rally, um, which uh, the Mongolia part of the stages um, all got cancelled. So it was meant to be a 10-day race, but, uh, yeah, it only ended up being a five-day race. So it, it's still affecting our racing and stuff now at the moment. And it's definitely, like I say, it's hard to get out of the country. And um, at the moment, I'm trying to jump through a lot of hoops to, to get the exemptions to to leave and uh, go and do my normal job, but it's uh, it's still just been as busy as usual uh, in other ways with basically sponsorship appearances where COVID allows, um, where you have uh, like yeah a, a guest appearances in places that uh, we're, we're able to go and still attend. Uh, we've been trying to fill those in and uh, fulfill our contract agreements. And um, so it, it's quietened down in one area, but it's also taken off in basically the appearance side of things and uh, just trying to keep keep the, uh, the sponsors on side and keep them happy for, for their investment and, um, yeah, looking after them. Now, you recently did the Fink uh, Desert Rally and you had a, a very special uh, co-driver with you in Duddo. Um, yep. You've got a, a fairly close relationship with Triple Eight, obviously uh, with Red Bull um, sponsoring you as well. Now, Grant, I've got a little bit of a theory, mate. Mm-hmm. J- Jamie Winkup is retiring next year. Oh, yes. I like this. And, this is good. And, and Toby's looking for some more four-wheel action. And I'm <laughs> sure he'd love to get himself behind a V8 supercar. Have we just broken a world exclusive here? Everyone's thinking oh. Brock Feeney. They're thinking Brock Feeney. I'm thinking Toby Price <laughs> mate, to replace yeah. Jamie Winkup. RD's been giving us a call here and there, and I've missed a few of his calls along the way as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he seems to be like, yeah, bashing the door down a little bit. And then the connection with Dutto, I think he's putting in a good word for me. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe V8 Supercars next year. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. But, um, yeah, I can't give away too much info there. But it, there's been a few phone calls exchanged, that's for sure. So we'll wait go. and see if we can take J-Dub's, uh, J-Dub's spot there. So, I went for a run with him up at Townsville there and, um, yeah, just uh, watching all these tricks of the trade. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It could, could be a good rumour to kick off and start up. I, I like reckon it. we should, Grant. Let's yeah. roll with it. <laughs> yeah. well, have what, you actually you driven a supercar? supercar? No, I actually haven't driven a supercar. So, I've um, done one of the V8 drive day experiences, but that's nothing like the actual real V8 supercars. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's a uh, – for sure it's something in the um, – in the books and in the plan um, would be good to do a crossover day with a, uh, with a uh, SVG or um, J dub and basically maybe throw them in my trophy truck for, for an afternoon. And um, I do the morning session in the car. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Maybe we might throw the boys in my trophy truck first and then see how much damage they can do. And then um, that'll give me the, the window and the leeway open to know how much damage I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, SVG loves to uh, get across different disciplines of motorsport. So I reckon uh, he'd be able to try his hand at that and he'd, he'd adapt really quick. That, that was one of the questions I want to ask because you're, you've, you sort of adapt to so many different forms of motorsport, whether it be on the dirt, two-wheel, four-wheel, or on the bitumen. How difficult is it to try and adapt your driving style um, as, a, as a racing driver? Yeah, 100%. That's... Um... It's a huge big difference from going from dirt to tarmac and, 
yeah, I don't know. Like when, when I do get the chance and opportunity to have a go at something, then, um, yeah, I, I'm luckily enough. I me I've been able to be around the right people that can give us the right information and, um, and get ourselves, uh, like listening to the vet, the best inputs for what we need to do. So, um, once, yeah, like I'm in anything of, of like a motorcycle or, a, or a car or anything like that. Um, if you're around people that, yeah, you look up to and, and see uh, one or two steps further in front in life and uh, in racing than what you are, then uh, most people just go, I guess, to have the experience. But when I go, it's, it's going for the experience, but I'm also like a sponge and trying to watch and learn and see everything they're trying to do. And uh, most people are like looking out the front window um, and taking in the view, but I'm usually in the car kind of like looking at their foot movements and, and when they change gears and um, trying to listen and feel what, what they're trying to feel in the car. And so it's um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm able to adapt pretty quickly. Once I, I get my feet in the door to have a go, then um, yeah, we always just try and make sure we do do a, a, a professional job of it and just uh, see if we can master it as, as quickly as we can. You talk about putting feats in doors, but uh, of course, that's not exactly where you have applied all of your uh, all of your trade and uh, and you know what has uh, made your name and your brand so well known all around uh, the world. Of course, it's all on it's all but on two wheels. Um, you uh, you've you've won Dakar a couple of times, uh, a heavy crash uh, this year, but the plan is to go back for more in twenty twenty two. Yes, 100%. So we've just had a, a two-year extension on my contract with KDM, So, um, which, yeah, really good news. I'm, I'm excited for. And, and like I say, I've still got a few blank pages I want to fill um, on two wheels uh, on the bike. So, uh, yeah, we'll line back up again in Dakar 2022 on um, a, a Red Bull KDM bike. And, uh, yeah, we need to try and get that one back in our hands. It was, uh, it was, it was within reach this year and uh, was quite um, quite close to being able to taste the champagne. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, stage nine, that um, that all completely changed for us and uh, laying on the ground definitely doesn't win you any races. And um, yeah, I've, uh, I've done that a fair, fair bit through my career, but it's, uh, it, it's all part of the story. And um, yeah, we all know, know motorcycles are dangerous, but uh, yeah, it just depends on how big the crashes are and usually half the time when I'm wide open full gas, they're going to be a quite a big crash. So yeah, we are, we're 33 with 30 broken bones. So it's, um, it's basically, yeah, like a, a shopping list, uh, a long list of broken bones, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's for sure. It's, uh, like I say, it's part of the story and, um, and nothing in life is ever easy. And I guess if it was easy, then it'd be probably pretty boring. You, you say it's not easy, but uh, if there's any event in the world that Dakar on a motorcycle would have to be one of the most demanding, uh, what what sort of training uh, over and above, you know, normal uh, stuff that a, uh, a regular f- uh, four-wheel motorsport guy might do, What how do you actually prep yourself for uh, an event like that? Um, it, it's, it's mainly just spending as, as much time on the bike as you can without basically burning yourself out and wanting, not really wanting to get on a motorcycle. So like I say, I'll, I'll be honest that once I come back from, um, from Dakar, I really don't want to look at a motorcycle for, a, for at least a month. No problem. So it's, um, yeah, as much as I love riding two wheels and riding dirt bikes and everything, it's, uh, 
yeah, that, that race is just basically designed to break man and machine. And you see a lot of grown men crying at, um, at an event and, um, yeah, it, it's just one of them physically demanding races. So yeah, you've got to be mentally strong as well. Um, yeah, when the times get tough, you've just got to try and somehow put it aside and just keep charging through and, um, and spend, uh, yeah, your time out in the middle of, middle of nowhere, basically. So, but then there's also a lot of like time spent, um, uh, mountain biking and training and uh at the gyms and things like this so yeah that's basically all just starting to kick off for us again now and um yeah the body is definitely feeling it feeling it it's uh it's a hard old road but it's um yeah it's uh i don't know i guess sometimes it's an enjoyable road too you often look at some of these supercar events um you know we've just come off townsville 250k race uh, it was pretty hot, but those drivers have got cool suits. They've got drink bottles on board, um, but they're still whinging about how hard the race was. Do you, do you often just look at that and think, guys, get a grip, honestly. Come, <laughs> come and, come and uh, put my helmet on for a little bit. Um, look, honestly, I, I, like those laps I've done with Jada, basically, i only done two full laps of the Townville circuit. And um, surprisingly enough, like, when you see how much commitment level and um, how like deep they go into like late braking and um, hitting all the apexes, the turns, like those guys have got like, I'm guessing 10, 20 mil that they're playing with that can really put them offline. So um, yeah, being in the car with JW the other day, it still just blows you away with how much uh, like, yeah, commitment they got to have to the, to the track. So it is. It's not like you look on the outside of those V8 cars running around and um, basically all year is you hear the gear changes and the pops and the cars going up the track. And um, it looks like from the outside looking in, it looks quite um, tame, calm and relaxed. But those guys are quite busy at the wheel. And um, and meanwhile, they're, they're adjusting brake bias and everything like that to, um, yeah, get themselves through the through the event. So it's it's definitely physical for sure. And then like with, with no interior, like normal uh, everyday road cars, um, the temperature just spikes in there. So you've basically just got a metal firewall that basically the motor just sits in front of and it gets quite hot in there. So it's, it's just definitely a, a different type of fitness and, and how hard it is for them. But then, yeah, like I would be able to quite quickly adapt to try and jump in a car and, and do that style of racing. Whereas, you take anyone from like four wheels or somebody that's never really ridden motorbikes before uh, it, it's a different world. And it's very hard to pick up to, to try and ride a motorcycle at 160 to 180 kilometers an hour. So it's just, yeah, like I say, you, you, I respect everyone that does sport. Like it's, there's probably different, different fitnesses for people that play golf and um, something that's a golf player. You wouldn't even think it would be a difficult sport, but the mentality to those guys, that how they have to nail every single shot. Like it's, um, it, it, it would, it would blow you away at how hard and how yeah, physically and mentally demanding that sport would be. So everyone's just, uh, yeah, I, I respect all sports people, but it's, um, definitely, uh, yeah, the body's not on the line as much as a motorcycle rider sometimes. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, uh, uh, Tony mentioned the uh, Fink Desert Rally just earlier. Uh, that's, that's obviously an, ev an event that's close to your heart uh, and probably about as close as we get uh, locally here to, uh, you know, a version of, 
of Dakar. Um, you've won it a few times. Where where does that event sort of sit in your heart? Yeah, look, Fink's one of them races that I enjoy going to to race. It's um, it's basically a two day sprint race, and for for us, we've been able to win on the motorcycle category six times, which is uh, the record out there for most wins. And now we've just been able to add the uh, the car title to my name out there, which is um, yeah, nobody else has been able to do either. So. Yeah, like it gave me basically my head start into desert racing and um, and to the path it's led to now racing in Dakar. So it's uh, it's one of them events that yeah, I, I really enjoy going to do and the atmosphere there. People drive two and a half, three days to to come and watch you race and um, and and honestly, probably only get to see myself racing for a total of about yeah minute and a half because um, yeah we come past at warp speed and. Um, they got to sleep overnight, wait for me to come past the next day, and that's that's me done and dusted. So it's um, it's not like the supercar races where it's 87 laps and um, you get to see us 87 times. It's uh, yeah, it's something pretty special that people commit themselves to and come and watch us and um, enjoy the experience, and we try and put on the best show we can. I've got to say that I absolutely love the white Red Bull livery that you released on the on the Triton. Um, or lookalike Triton, I should say. Um, and, and tell us about that because then the very next day, the real livery came out. So were you up all night trying to put stickers on that thing? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it as that. I'll, I'll make it sound like I'm a super busy person and out of control. But um, no, nah, we, we, we uh, yeah, look, honestly, I love that white wrap too. That was um, super clean looking and just, yeah, the, 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 shapes of, the shape of the body and that of the Triton um really really kind of stood out but yes underneath the car is not really an actual um uh triton that's sitting under the thing neither is one of the the uh the, the commodores that are running around the v8 supercar track or the mustangs so it's um it, it they're, they're, really cool look yeah, really cool how it's done i was i was over the moon with the white so uh but yes uh to the sponsorship uh obligations and everything like this um and and Red Bull being basically my my biggest supporter in um, the four wheel uh, future that I'm trying to trying to pursue, um, yeah, that their normal colours are the the uh, the Red Bull and the and the Yellow Sun and um, yeah, usually like a darkish blue uh, background. So um, yeah, we we basically we had two bodies um, that we had prepped and ready to go. One was all fully wrapped white, and then. That was uh, installed on the car. Then while that was all getting released, the guys were here at the shop wrapping all the blue set. And uh, yeah, the very next morning we pulled the white set off and then um, all that wrap got peeled off. And then basically the blue got wrapped onto that as well. So it was basically one wrap that we uh, we put onto the car. Kiwana Science did an amazing job. They're a, a local based um, wrapping company around here and they worked through the night and um got the job done for us and uh, ready to go for, for the actual race livery. So I, uh, I wish I could have run the white, but um, yeah, yeah. The color version was still all right too, but yeah, the white just kind of popped and would have looked good out in the red dirt out there in Alice Springs. That's for sure. Now, uh, speaking of Alice Springs, I, I spoke to Andrew Jones, who was at, uh, at Fink and uh, I, I, I asked him uh, about, yourself and uh he told me a little story about uh, some some local 
locals were uh, sitting there uh, watching you and they'd uh, come from wherever they'd come from to uh, just to see yourself. And uh, Andrew told this story that yeah. you walked over to them uh, and said g'day and gave them a whole bunch of your gear or a whole bunch of your apparel and they, they absolutely adored you. You've got uh, an amazing fan base all around the world. But yeah. in uh, in Central Australia, there's uh, you know there's a, a big large contingent of of Toby Price fans. It's pretty cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it, honestly, it still to this day it blows me away that how big it's all kind of got. Like being when I started racing a motorcycle at four years of age, I never thought it would have been anything like this. And um, and anybody that really really know my name all all together. So. Um, yeah, it, it's cool once you get like out to Alice Springs. Yeah, the the local communities out there that um, come over and they're like, "Ah, oh, Toby, you're back. It's good to see you." And it's just, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just it blows, still blows me away. Like I say, but it's uh, yeah, it's cool to see um, that yeah, we we got world recognition from racing a motorcycle. Like I say, it's for me, it's just it's riding a dirt bike and having fun and trying to go as fast as I can and um that yeah people people's like yeah really respect what we do and um yeah really look forward to to what we put out and um and what we do on the track so it's uh it's pretty cool that's for sure so it's uh you, you've got to give back like i say people will drive two and a half three days to go and watch that event and um if you can't really spend 30 40 seconds with somebody and have a conversation and say hello and how's the trip been and and things like that. Like it's always cool to hear their story of what they've been up to, how they got there and how long they've been planning the trip for and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm just the same. Like I'm already planning to go back next year and and the events only just been run. So um, their planning's never stopped for anything like this. So it's, and it's the same for people that want to come and see me and shake my hand and get a picture. And um, yeah, that makes me feel pretty pumped that we've been able to do something pretty cool in the sport. Now, Toby, I'm sure you've got uh, a huge amount of young fans as well. Um, what advice would you give a four-year-old Toby Price wannabe uh, these days? Things that you've learned in your career to get to the point where you are now. Uh, the biggest thing is, yeah, just just never give up and, and don't quit. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's a hard road, but if it's something you really want and you really enjoy, then, yeah, go full gas for it. And um, like I say, yeah, just... All I got looked forward to going to, to race events was to see my mates and that were riding dirt bikes as well at four years of age and playing with toy dirt bikes in the dirt and eating a meat pie and a bacon egg roll. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then like like I say now, it's just, uh, yeah, it's crazy what we've been able to build out of the sport and um, how, how big, I guess, Toby Price Motorsport's got to. So um, anything's possible in, in, in the future and it's... Uh, if it's a goal and a dream you want, just keep chasing it until you, you can work it out. That's, that's the, the biggest thing I've, I've kind of learned is just to never give up. That's for sure. Awesome. Fantastic advice, Toby. Thank you. We, uh, we've loved having you on the parked up podcast. Just uh, one final question. Um, yeah. I understand you've got uh, a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool garage and a pretty cool collection of uh, various bits and bits and pieces. And you might be working on, a couple of cool projects uh, what's in the garage yeah so um basically we we have a fair bit of stuff going on in the garage and um i'll uh i'll cruise out into the shed there now so it's 
Well, actually, we were just uh, working on a Can-Am and um, uh, while I, when I go away for the races uh, overseas, um, my dad's basically going to take my controls and um, start running some Can-Am events and races. But, yeah, as we can see, we've got bikes and stuff that I've won championships on. So that was my 2016 Dakar winning bike and then 2010 Fink winning bike. Um, so, yeah, it's just cool to have them hang on the wall and that's the trophy trucks of Fink that we... We run, so we've uh, yeah, we've already pulled the engine out of that at the moment to get it uh, serviced and checked over um, and get ready for some more events later or earlier next year. And then we've got a couple of Can-Ams here that we um, are building and working on. And uh, Dad's over here in the back corner now. He's um, working on another Can-Am that we've got. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's busy in the shop. And then uh, we've still got another couple of bikes up here as well. So it's uh, it's always full gas and um, everyone thinks it's uh, uh, it all kind of gets thrown at us and it's an easy, easy life. But it's um, I spend a lot of time in that workshop in there and um, trying to get myself prepped and ready for events and races. So it's, uh, yeah, ne never a dull moment, that is for sure. Cool, mate. Well, we thank you so much for uh, not only spending time, but also giving us a bit of a tour of your garage as well. It's uh, very cool. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's cool. Toby, thank you very much for joining us on Parked Up. No worries. Thanks for having us, guys. And uh, hopefully we'll talk in the future with uh, some more good results coming. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. And we thank Toby for his time. Excellent chat and awesome that he took us for a little bit of a tour around his uh, his awesome garage there right at the very end. So he was showing us some things on uh, on his um, on his zoom little chat thing. Um, so we'll share that little piece on the uh, on the parked up socials. No, I thought it was just going to be that we're going to keep that footage and just for ourselves. We're the lucky ones to see it. Yeah, nah, we've got to, sure. there's got to be some you know perks to this job. Nah, let's, let's share it. We'll share it. Hey, hey, if you if you thought that the Parked Up podcast couldn't get any bigger or any more successful from last week with Lockie Mansell, mate, we have just reached new heights. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. What a legend. He's yep. uh, he's a gun. He's a gun. And look, I know um, we pressed him a couple of times on the on the supercars piece because mm. we'd love him to come do supercars. Look, we'd honestly like him to do any of uh, any Australian motorsport uh, around the traps because he's got such a uh, high profile name and a uh, he's obviously an awesome racing talent, super super competitive. Mm. So we want to see him do some circuit racing stuff, of course. He hasn't actually been racing on uh, tarmac all of his life. He's only been doing um, he's been doing dirt stuff, racing through deserts. So, but mm. but I think the fact that he's so competitive that uh, you know we were kind of hoping, pushing him to to do mm. it, and he he left the door slightly ajar there with that uh, Roland Dane Triple Eight chat that you had uh, that you had brought up. So while I'm up here in Townsville, I thought I'd go and ask Roland if there is actually any substance to this, if there's yes. some, if there's something. So here's my little chat with Roland. So to clear up some of these uh, questions that we asked Toby Price, I grabbed Roland Dane to see if he is indeed in the, with a chance of replacing Jamie Winkup. Would you consider having Toby Price drive one of your V8 supercars? Uh, we've discussed it. And the, the fundamental problem is he needs a haircut. 
He refuses to get a haircut, so he's taken himself out of the equation, to be honest. Right, so uh, if he does get this haircut, how do you think he'd actually go? Well, he won't get the haircut. He's already <laughs> told me that, so the, that's not going to happen. Um, Toby, I mean, he's ultra-competitive, uh, but the uh, but to be honest, yeah, driving a supercar um, is uh, there's a technique and etc. It takes time to get his head around it and everything. So, um, to be honest, I don't think he'd go especially well. But uh, but then neither would most supercar drivers if they're on a um, a, a KTM in uh, in the middle of the desert. So I think um, uh, Toby's developed a set of skills which are at the absolute top end in the world of what he does. Uh, but I don't think they're necessarily, apart, apart from his massive competitiveness, they're not going to directly translate to driving a supercar around a circuit in Australia. Of course, you tried with Casey Stoner a number of years ago, someone jumping out of a different discipline. Uh, by the end of that, he was going you know, pretty well. Do you think with time... Toby would be able to figure it out? Uh, maybe, to a certain level. I mean, Casey is a different, uh, uh, different situation because he, you know, he's come from riding on tarmac um, all his life. And, um, so, and there's no doubt Casey, Casey could have been, I believe, a top-line driver if he'd stuck with it and, and got used to the fact that our circuits vary so much. Uh, and um, you know, street circuits are part of it, and all, all the trials and tribulations that go with that, and and learning about racing a car. Uh, but um, no, Toby, um, who knows? What he probably should do is getting get himself a gig in a if he wants to find out where he really is, get himself a gig in a in a Super Three or um, even a Porsche Cup car, see where he is. But um, he should go and see. He should go and see Paul Morris because I reckon that you'll see Nash in a Super Two car next year, and Paul's got quite a good Super Three car sitting there. So maybe he should have a steer of that. I like it. We'd love to see him out. He's such a big name. It was interesting what you just said about Casey Stoner and how you wish he he, he would have stuck it out. Do you? Uh, how long do you think he was away from, you know, being a uh, a top touring car driver? Uh, oh, I'm not sure. And is the is the real answer? I don't know. But I reckon if he'd done a, another year of, of Super Two, going back to the circuits, um, etc., the speed that he showed uh, would have then translated into into results. And we thank Roland for uh, giving us a little bit of time there. Um, so uh, yeah, we uh, we brought up the little analogy of of the Casey Stoner and Toby Price thing, and, uh, and it could, uh, maybe it could be a thing. Maybe it could be a thing. Toby Price starts in Super 3, get Paul Morris involved, teach him how to do some things, do a million laps around Norwell and yep. get good at racing uh, and the black stuff, and yeah. Oh, well, I think that, that uh, idea that I had, which just came to me really quite suddenly, I think it's got legs. I reckon we should definitely start this rumour and I'm really hoping, Grant, that uh, Speed Cafe, our friends at Speed Cafe, pick up this story and run with it. <laughs> Just push it hard. Like Usain Bolt, run with it. Just grab it, go. And then, like, if he actually gets to drive next year because of it, he can come back on the Parked Up podcast and thank us for it. Toby, Toby for number 88. Eight. Yep. Replace the oh, goat. Um, yep. A goat, 
a, a goat replacing a goat. Well, there you go. Well, That's I don't it. know what else to say. We got we're the big news breakers. Well, we're, 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 we're the <laughs> news creators. We don't we don't break news. We create no, news. We're just talking shit. But uh, would be you know to be honest though, when I asked him that question, I was surprised how serious he took the answer. Yeah, I thought he was just going to laugh. Um, <laughs> and he the, the way he answered it was like, well, I wouldn't be surprised if if we saw him on the grid, you know, in Super 3, Super 2, whatever, um, you know, in a supercar because he's obviously got some aspirations to get into a bit more four-wheel drive, uh, four-wheel black stuff driving rather than all this two-wheel driving and breaking bones every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Now, we thank Toby for his time. We thank uh, his management for helping uh, set that up there, Ainsley, from the Alpine group. So... Uh, that was really nice. And I guess, Tony D, that is the end of this episode of Parked Up. Beauty. Right. Absolutely fantastic. What are you doing what are this we... week? What are you I was going to say, what what's... Ah, oh, just work, you know? Okay. Actually, you're going to come and help me do some work, so don't forget about that. No, I won't. I won't. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me where and when and I'll be there. We've got some uh, police pods that we need to take some amazing footage of. We've got a special little project that I can't mention on uh, on Parked Up socials or anything, mm -hmm. but uh, very, very special work going on down there. So uh, you've got to capture it and make it look amazing. I will. That's the only okay. way I do it. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll see you down at your shop. You will uh, obviously buy me a uh, little coffee or something. Right. We have a full-time barista. You do not have a full time. No, we don't. <laughs> you've got an Escafe. Escafe. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, well, thanks everyone for joining us on this episode of Parked Up, and we'll definitely see you next week. See you guys.